listeners to Cultural Capital. This uh, unusual background music and um, slightly more vivacious approach to podcasting can only mean one thing, and that is it's this time of the year that for us to rep- to present to you our first hot take on the Myth program launch, which we just came from about half an hour ago. We're sitting in a bar called Misty, just around the corner from where the program was Shout launched. Out to Mitzi for having Shout us. Out to Misty for having us and their patience. At short notice. We will be coming here quite a lot during the festival. I can already see it happening. Yeah, they were quite for, um, accommodating to our podcasting needs, um, but they didn't turn down the music in the background. That's okay. We can roll with that. Anyway, so we've got to uh, dispense with all these sorts of other pleasantries. I'm Andy Hazel. I'm Anna Spurs. I'm Eloise Ross. And this is our take on the Myth program launch. Elo, you've had um, some experience with some of these films already from having been to Sundance. What are your hot takes and recommendations from just having had a quick look through the program? Oh, my goodness. Well, that seems like quite a question because um, there's just so much to see. Um, basically, what's really exciting is, I mean, I really have almost no idea because it's just such a huge program. And I've already seen some stuff that I'm looking forward to not seeing again, um, as you guys know, which we'll get to as we flick through the program. Um, But I'm really excited about quite a few things. um, And I'm going to be really boring and say Call Me By Your Name is obviously really great and amazing. There's a lot of stuff that I missed at Sundance, actually, that I'm quite keen about. Uh, Call Me By Your Name's director, Luca Guadagnino, is a guest of the festival. Oh, my God, a guest of the festival. And we're really excited. He was here a few years ago. For a bigger splash. I think he presented that at Nova. Last year, in fact. Um, And I was at a QA and a with him. Oh, how did that Um, go? Really well, really well. Yeah, he's a great conversationalist, so should be good. Yeah, I hear um, there are nose holds, bards, takedowns of other members of the Italian film Illuminati. <laughs> yes, there are. We'll let him take care of them yet yes. again, let's, I'm sure. Let's not but, get um, sued. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so some stuff, Just I'm just on this page right now. Stuff I'm excited about seeing that I missed at Sundance. Beatrice at dinner, really keen to see. Um, fun mum dinner is basically kind of looks a bit ludicrous and I don't know just stupid basically but I feel like it might be um, really good and have a little bit of satirical edge to it yeah okay um, what else uh, Ingrid Goes West pretty keen to see um, Orbi Plaza in, yeah. in that one and Elizabeth Olsen Okay. Love her. Great. I'm just going to do a shout out to the Eurythmics right now, just in case they feel like a bit litigious. On, but if anyone comes across hearing their song okay. in the background, we love Sweet Dreams and we think that Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart are two of the finest songwriters of the 1980s. Anders, any highlights from um, your first flick through? Oh, God. Well, I mean, it's a bit of an overwhelming program, as it always is. Um, I'm. Okay, so I'm really interested to see what Top of the Lake China Girl is like yes. from the trailer. This is. The season two of Jane Campion's TV series, which they're screening all in one screening go. Screening the whole thing. The whole said. thing. Yeah, it's a full day event. They didn't do that at Khan, did they? Did they? No, I think they just did a few the first episodes. two episodes. Only. Yeah. yeah. Um, and interestingly, the trailer we got suggests that the actions moved to Bondi and Sydney. Yes. <laughs> which is kind of cool. <laughs> and Lawrence Leung turned up in the trailer for that. So, hi, Lawrence. You're almost definitely not listening to this, um, but it was a pleasure to see your face. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, what else am I into? Um, the uh, they've got a good headliners program this year. This is the second year they're running this. It's essentially sort of the big blockbuster names, uh, festival film names. Good time, I'm dying to see from the Safdie. I'm yeah. really, really keen to see Good Time. They yeah. were out. They were guests at the fest a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah. They were. Yeah, um, we did get to see the trailer of that at the launch, and it did look very appealing. Yeah. 
definitely. I'm uh, super keen to see Wonderstruck. Obviously, yes, everyone yes, loves yes. Todd Haynes um, and yes. I've been dying to see his new film, his new project. I'm particularly keen to see it because it's about a um, hearing impaired girl and um, I believe is silent or almost entirely silent film or at least in some ways tries to kind of embody her experience as a hearing impaired person um, and coming from someone who like does a lot of kind of sound studies and uh, is really interested in sound perspectives in the cinema and television environment I'm really like excited to see what Todd Haynes does yeah, with that. As am I. Yeah. And uh, it's the 11th of, 11th of July as we're recording this and I'm going to go out on the limb and say this is going to be in the Best Picture Academy Award nomination race. If not the winner. It's got so much hype already and it's if everybody has seen it. But you it, haven't even seen it, Andy I, I, I've been monitoring other people's <laughs> opinions and reactions and it's just miles ahead of almost anything else at this point. And oh. Todd Haynes oh. is kind of overdue. People might say for a bit of he is definitely overdue. A bit of recognition. I love Tom Hanks. Yeah, um, and a lot of other people do. My number one film that I'm dying to see has to be, apart from Call Me by Your Name, uh, the Ornithologist. Mm. Um, this, I don't know. It looks like a really sexy, weird, queer take on Christian mythology. I don't really. I'm, yeah, that I don't know. Beyond be that, I don't really. Using a know river as an embodiment of a passage, the passage of life. So a man is getting caught in rapids repeatedly. There are people that he encounters. It seems very, very interesting, and there's been a lot of um, really positive feedback already from the screenings overseas. Um, yeah, don't say that. Very and then, cool. best named film for me would be Self Criticism of a Bourgeois Dog. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I'm, that's on my list by virtue of title alone. Um, axolotl Overkill. Yes, I, that was going to be my pick for the favourite name of the film. You first know, I used to want an ax- pet axolotl just purely because of their name. Actually, no, I wanted them because Cairo Jim in this book series that I loved as a child, he hadn't, or his, like, flight attendant girlfriend had an axolotl. Anyway, no one needs to hear all of this. Anyway, I didn't end up getting an axolotl, but this is maybe my chance. Well, the, this is it. <laughs> On the big screen at last. Great. Um, in terms of special sidebars and interesting things, I've got a Hong Sang Soo um, focus with three films. Do they? Yes. yes. I miss yes. that. Uh, geared around Claire's camera, um, which played at Cannes, stars La Isabelle Dupere. Um... Which is interesting. That's the new one, isn't it? It is his new one, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, what else is in terms of special... I'm really section? excited Potter about... Yeah, the yes. Sally Potter Sally retrospective Potter because when really the huge. like um, kind of preview of the program was announced, Sally Potter's The Party is a film that stood out for me. Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been waiting for this for a while. I love Patricia Clarkson yes. and I feel like she doesn't get to do... Well, every time she does anything, I'm just... I'm there immediately. Yeah. Um, so her yeah. new film is screening... But there's a retrospective of her stuff. And so that would be really great. I, I mean, I've never seen... The only film of hers I've seen on the big screen is Ginger and Rosa, which yeah, screened at MIFF right. maybe three years you ago. You haven't seen Orlando? I've seen Orlando, but only on my, like, saw it SBS On Demand, oh, so yeah, like okay. a tiny computer screen. Okay. Um, I'm going to yeah. use this moment to take a shout-out to David Bowie and his song Cactus, which is heavily influenced by the Pixies that we listen to in the background right now. We're big fans. Big, big fans, fans. Big fans. Yeah. The um, biggest. Interestingly... I, there's a few sort of random little sidebars. So there's this Hong Sang Soo focus. Um, they've divided their USA section. They've got a section on New York stories. Yeah, I saw Which I think that. will cleverly play to the Brooklyn slash Brunswick demographic. Also, I wonder if that's Represent- related to last year, the um, you know, pi- uh, pioneering New York women filmmakers. 
which was the retrospective yes. last yes. year. Yeah. Which has whether been expanded that's kind of this linked, year. Yeah, it's, it's been expanded, but yeah, whether that New York Stories is linked to that kind of particular, you know, um, marketing trope or, you yeah. know, categorical trope, shall we say. Yeah, so I'm super excited about this. It's got 10 films um, directed by women in their 80s and 90s, um, 10 Australian films that will be really exciting to see again on the big screen. I mean, some of them I assume have played since they were released initially, but some have not played in cinemas, um, I imagine, and it will be really great. It's just, like, really excellent and an important part of what MIF does, I think, is to highlight Australian programs, which yeah, we know it does totally. because this year it has its, like, 10-year anniversary of the MIF Premier Fund and they always highlight MIF films. And in the last five years, I want to say, maybe, have always opened the festival with an Australian film. Yes, but it's really right. important that MIF shows these films and encourages new audiences to see them. So this Pioneering Women um, series is really amazing um, and it's been programmed by uh, yeah, Alexandra Helen Nicholas. Yeah. Um, Are there so, any, any particular highlights from that batch? Uh, in that one, I'm really keen... Well, Anders was just saying earlier he really wants to see Celia. Yes, dying to see Celia. Um, Anne Turner's film made in the 80s, uh, set in the 1950s, suburban Melbourne, actually very near where I grew up, so in, like, the Box Hill area, which is where um, a whole lot of the um, artists were uh, working back then, you know, in that kind yeah, of okay. um, Blackburn Lake kind of area. Mm, mm-hmm. um, so, and that's an incredible film. It's not horror, but I suppose it inherits a few tropes from, right, from okay. horror. Um, and it's about, you know, child ima- childhood imagination and childhood nightmares, but also, I guess, just vivaciousness of children. Anyway, it's it's super wonderful. Cool. So excited to see that on the big screen with an audience. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that for the first time. Uh, it, it is worth mentioning this is the tenth year of Myths Premiere Fund, so they're doing a retrospective of various films that they've supported over the past uh, decade, um, including Anna Kokonos's Blessed, yeah. which we talked about a couple of episodes ago. Yeah, so that's cool. a nice nice timing. Yeah, um, I thought so. Good work, Sam. Yeah, um, I'll just take this moment to make a shout-out to Edwin Collins, A Girl Like You, which we're listening to in the background, which sparked one of the highlights for me from MIF 2014, which was the documentary The Possibilities Are Endless about the amazing life of the singer we're listening to now and the fact that he could only say the fr- he had a stroke and when he recovered, the only phrase he could say was The Possibilities Are Endless for several years. Really? It's an That's amazing documentary. Interesting. Particularly what? the first half puts you inside his head. Wow. So it's very frustrating but very kind of... Cool. Very powerful film. Um, totally recommend it. Well, speaking of documentaries, there's a hell of a lot of them in this program. Yes. Uh, documentaries are becoming more and more popular, I think, and I think that's reflected here. So much so that we have a couple of um, subcategories of documentaries. So, as well, with as, along with the traditional documentary section, they have a focus on animal documentaries. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven films in that. And a true crime focus... Yes. Um, both very sort of in vogue, I guess. There's one, wait, a, a, a documentary called Waiting for Giraffes. Apparently it's an allegory um, for the Israeli-Palestine conflict. Oh, no. right. Are you serious? But it's about giraffes. Okay. Not even giraffes to say from the politicisation <laughs> in 2017. Excited about that one. <laughs> oh, God. I'm uh, also really excited to see Winnie which screened at Sundance and which I put on my must-see list but then just neglected to kind of schedule into my um, outlook. Um, so 
says, that, I'll just read the, you know, the synopsis, uh, Winnie Matakazela Mandela has been variously viewed as the wife of South Africa's most severe leader, the mother and or enemy of her nation and a revolutionary force in her own right. Um, so this is, you know, a really going to be a really amazing documentary look at um, at Winnie. Yes, I'd cool. like to put a shout out to City of Ghosts. I don't know if mm-hmm. anybody else saw Matthew Heineman's uh, Cartel Land Academy Award nomination. I didn't, yes. but yes, I, I heard did. so many great things. Yeah, about it was that a very one. powerful very documentary. Very good. This one, City of Ghosts, uh, focuses oh, on. Investigative, the dangers of investigative journalism in uh, in, uh, in Raqqa. So this takes yeah, it, take, cool. it focuses on journalists who have moved into Syria to start reporting stories there and the risks that they're taking. I would definitely recommend that to anybody who's interested in another uh, doco I like to. I'm dying to see. It's actually playing at IMAX. It's Terence Malick's directed Voyage of Time. Uh, more than 40 years in the making. Apparently, this film looks at everything from the Big Bang to the present moment. And is paired with narration by Brad Pitt. Oh, hello. So, Terence Malick's film. Does he have a nice IMAX. voice? I don't know. I guess we'll see. I yeah. can't does even he, remember. Does he pair well with the beauty of the cosmos? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe not. This is a good way to find out. Um, yeah. What, this uh, is what Miff is all about discoveries. Uh, it is, exactly. Uh, those unexpected juxtapositions. Oh my um, god, rat film. I just vote right now to not see rat film. Okay. What other films would you not want to see that you've already may have walked out of? Oh, well, I would like to not see Lemon. Um, so I'm just looking for that in the program to, to give you guys the name of the director. Um, I can't find it, but anyway, basically Lemon is a film that I really was keen to see because Jane Greer is in it and I heart her Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Love Jane Greer. Yeah, anyway, it kind of starts off really well. I remember really loving the opening scene because it's kind of the set design is incredible, the colour is really intriguing um, and the camera just kind of spins around this messy lounge room with nothing happening. It's slow and I'm like, okay, this is going to be really great meditation. Oh, cool. I don't know, on suburbia or just, I don't know. Um, I love meditations and I love Judy Greer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm there. Well, I it kind of it's look it's it's inspired by and also wants to be and also indulges a little bit too much in maybe the the Beckett tradition of theatre, and so I just really did not dig it. It's got um, Michael Sarah in it, who I don't like at the best of times, and he just was. There was just no way I was going to like this film. So, unfortunately, I have no good things to say about it. Yeah, it was just a really, really hard watch. I feel like in the festival environment of watching, you know, maybe four or five films a day, it's it's not... Or maybe maybe watching four or five films a day would do it favours. Because you'd just be in a zone anyway. Could go either way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Speaking of uh, interesting or gimmicky slash innovative filmmaking... Songs, um, Ween's video later we'll listen to now and we really love it. As Thank you. Um, I always like to give a shout out to the Planetarium Full Dome Showcase. I've never been to it. Have you? They're, yes, uh, a I couple of times. Go. They're great. Okay. They're yeah, they're really sort of trippy, interesting thing. You go out to the Planetarium in Spotswood. Um, uh, sometimes they're documentaries, sometimes they're abstract works, and they're all sort of shorts, and they're always worth a look. Um, and then also, Myth is jumping on the VR bandwagon, which is they did last year. Huge, just by the way. yeah. La- last year was their first this, year. Yeah, yeah, it became a bit of a trend in film festivals last year, and that's continuing this year. Um, and the Melbourne Symphony Orchestra is doing a live score for There Will Be Blood, Paul Thomas Anderson's film. Yes. Um, Mortgage your house to buy tickets to that. Yes. Um, also, super exciting. Michelle Shion is coming out. Um, is that the Michelle Shion who wrote the book David Lynch? Yes. Oh my God, that's the very Michelle. one. 
Holy um, moly. And also the very one who wrote the book called Text on Film oh. that I know Anders is very excited about. Yes. Um, anyway, so at Melbourne, Melbourne International Film Festival and Liquid Architecture co-presenting a Ooh. lecture and a performance by Michelle Shion taking place during the festival. And I've already bought my tickets Super into it. I think maybe both events are sold out, so I don't even know why I'm talking about it, but wow. I'm really keen. Okay. Um, I'm just, I'm probably going to die when both of those things happen. Um, yes, that is an intersection, a cultural intersection that you may p- well yeah. park at. Yeah, so really excited for that one. I'm also, I I haven't heard of these, like to be very uh, honest with you, but I'm really excited about two... Chinese films, um, and I'm just going to look for them in the program. Okay, well, while you do that, I'm just going to bring people's attentions back to the headliners section because this is showcasing a lot of stuff that came, people, caught people's attention at Cannes, or can if you're that sort of um, you're into that sort of pronunciation. Um, particularly, I, I, like I model my pronunciation after David Stratton. He oh, says can. Can, great. Okay, <laughs> I model mine after um, Alf. <laughs> A French friend of the show, Fabienne, who says can as well. So anyway, um, back to so patty cakes. Yep. Yes. Didn't show a can, but it's also one hundred percent there. Yeah. So it. we're all on board with patty cakes, which um, also features a Melbourneian actor, Danielle McDonald. She's um, so great, everyone. Yeah. This I've, film is. I was. I really had no idea what this film was going to be like, but it is worth the hype. Great. Okay. Um, back, sorry, back to Can. BPM is caught my attention because um, this was getting a lot of attention and it was in the running and a lot of people thought we would win the Palm Door. But it, it got ended up with the Grand Jury Prize. Um, this is uh, focuses on the 90s um, dance music, uh, AIDS activism uh, in Paris. And so it's going to be a really, really fast-moving, really colourful um, film that's... Uh, I would. I think it's going to catch a lot, get a lot of people excited. I wouldn't be surprised if it sells out quite quickly. And it's also directed by a guy called Robin Campillo, who was one of the active, who was an activist during that time in the '90s. So it's going to be quite a biographical film as well. But he seems to have gotten a lot of a, the rights to a lot of songs, from what I gather. And so I think it's going to be very um, accurate, very evocative um, film about that time. Um, also, I think uh, it would be we would be remiss of us not to mention the killing of a sacred deer. Yeah, film, was who is also a guest the, the film that maybe made Anders squeal very yes, excitedly was... a few episodes ago. Oh, yes. I've since mellowed. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> I do um, remember that moment. Speaking of mellow, we're listening to the song Kiara, sorry, Gold by Kiara right now, which we love. I we love it's great. it. We're all about it. It's Kiara. really good background music. I'm I think really, so too. Um, enjoying it. Um, Faces Places has caught a lot of people's attention. Would you like to expand on this, Hello. I'm crying right now. Okay, she's crying right now. I can confirm. <laughs> it's it's just basically it, it's as good as you want it to be. That's all I have to say. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's, it's Agnes Varda's new film that she made with French, um, I suppose, artist is the simplest term. JR is his name. He never takes off his sunglasses. And that's actually a plot point. Um, I don't understand why he doesn't. I don't think anyone does. And that's part of his charm slash mystery. Um, He's an enigmatic figure. I should Wikipedia this guy. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Yeah. Anyway, they they have a really beautiful friendship and artistic relationship, and it's a wonderful film. Great. Okay. And did you want to expand on your recent nearness to the physical person of Agnes Varda? So, I was just in Italy, and in our next proper episode, I'm going to be talking about going to Il Cinema Ritrovato, which is the 
world's most famous retrospective film festival, I suppose you could say. And uh, on the final night, uh, they screened, even though it's a pre- uh, predominantly retrospective film festival, they will often screen a few new things um, or documentaries um, and Agnes Varda has done so much for film restoration and contributed so significantly to film history um, and to continuing film history that um, her latest film is considered like, um, you know, kind of of important enough to screen. So I saw this film Faces Places like in the most beautiful space possible in the middle of this incredible large piazza in Bologna and she was there, so was JR. They were really cute on the stage together and they got along really well and it was beautiful to watch them. Um, anyway, I was very, very close to Agnes Vada and I was crying at the time and that's all you need to know about me. <laughs> were they speaking in English? They were speaking in English, yes, and then there was an Italian translator. So they introduced the film and they both spoke in English um, and waited for the Italian translator right. to, okay. to, to speak, which was happening a lot throughout the festival. Although at some events it was just Italian and, and you didn't, you know, I just had to sit there. Yeah. But um, after the film, perhaps it was because they were, you know, I don't know, just it was unplanned or, or whatever. They were just speaking in French and then there was an Italian translation. So I just had to kind of sit there and be like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> I don't know, but I assume it's all beautiful. Cool, okay. Yeah. Um, so, so yes, basically what I'm quite keen to see is I'm always really into the, the Asian section, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, being a Sinophile, I'm particularly excited about Chinese films. Um, I'm really excited about... For no reason other than its title, I think, Godspeed, which is from Taiwan, actually, to be entirely correct. It says it's a road movie, a buddy movie, an ultra-violent gangster adventure. Uh-oh, it says it's a Beckettian investigation oh, okay. into life's absurdity. Beckett strikes again. Oh, no. Anyway, I, well, you know, I'll, I'll give it a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm here Why for not? it. I'm here for that. And I'm excited for Ghost in the Mountains. From China, which is 135 minutes. Yes. Um, and I just love slow cinema from rural China. Yeah, basically. I've seen some early work of that director, and I really like oh, it. Oh, really? It yeah. always yeah wins wins for me at, at festivals. So yeah. I love going to that stuff. Speaking of slow cinema, old mate Lab Diaz oh, yeah. is Snooze. in the program with The Woman Who Left, which is a comparatively mild 220 minutes. Uh, won the <laughs> Golden Lion at Venice. So. Such a, like, a downer of a title, right? The Woman Who Left, yeah. It's just like left, I feel like left is not a word that if you're going woman who departed. for a title, should it should not be the final word yeah. in a title or in a but sentence. The final like word it's in- just, it's such a downer. Which is so appropriate. It, yeah, I mean, it's very Lav Diaz. I, well, I say that as if I know what Lav Diaz is. I don't know. I've never seen one of his films. But, but maybe this will be But the final choice. word in great disco songs is Rasputin by Bonnie, which we just listened to. I love Back that song a lot. I'm yeah. just going to say I've danced yeah. to that song so many times. Yeah. So please don't sue us. Um, the, we've already mentioned the Hong Sang-soo season, yes. but just in my, in my like, list of best titles of the festival, On the Beach at Night Alone is up there for me. Pretty good. Yeah. On the beach at night alone. Yeah, yeah. it's good. Oh, also, it just it could be really sad, but it could also just be a really beautiful moment. So could yeah. Which no, I, I probably also is like a good description for all Hong Sang Su films. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's exactly right. Yeah. Um 
Takashi Miike is back. Oh yeah. With another film. Uh, I mean, yeah. There, I mean, there are the festival stalwarts. Abbas Kiarostami's final film. Yes. Um, I'll definitely be seeing that one. Twenty-four, 24 frames. frames. Yeah. Um, Just during this game. Yeah, also, good, good, good. Um, you know, for anyone who can get a cinematic reference into their film title. I'm not a witch. I'm super excited for that one. Yeah, it's that does look Khan, great. Um, and it just looks like it's it's incredible. Um, so it's from made from the UK, made by UK France. It says, but I think it's made in Zambia. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, super excited for that one. Yeah, I'm quite excited about the um, back to the music on film section. The right, uh, the go between is right here. I don't know if anybody else has. That familiar- was a super interesting trailer. It we was saw a very that interesting trailer. Yeah. Seemed like much. The go-betweens obviously are like just this sunny, happy band that is you love, always yeah. happy to see. Just yeah, I don't know. I, mean, I, about the sunny, I happy thing, but well, yeah. yeah, yeah. It seemed you know it was like. Well, they were certainly one of the greatest Australian bands. It's almost yeah. indisputable. As far as songwriting quality goes, they're pretty much untouchable. But yeah, there was a lot of tension. Yeah, <laughs> still yeah. simmering after all these years. Um, but particularly between certain members of the band, which I'm sure will get elucidated within the film. Yeah. But um, last year I get, did get to visit the household and wash the dishes of the lead singer of the go-betweens. Did you? And I can, yeah. <laughs> did you get given a meal? Is that no. why you were washing dishes? I was interviewing the the main guy, Robert Forster's son, and his um, compatriots with it, about for their band. But I did bring mean that I got to go to the the Forster household. Yeah. Which um, it certainly is the household of someone who doesn't look particularly wealthy. It was very a lot of books. Unsurprisingly, Great. but the weirdest thing was the fact that the, when I went to wash the dishes, the sink was like pitched so high because everyone in that family is extremely tall <laughs> that it was almost like being a, being a dwarf. Okay, it was quite a weird experience. Did and you just have to were your elbows insane. above your ears? Yeah, it was pretty much like that. Great. It was very strange, but I was very appreciative at the time. Anyway, sure. I, I think the film. So the film right here looks great. As does the um, something quite peculiar, the life and times of Steve Kilby, another Australian icon of the eighties which would um, probably be of interest to anybody who remembers songs like Under the Milky Way. Um, speaking of songs from that era, Rome by the B-52s, top track. Top track. Uh, another film I'm not looking forward to is Brigsby Bear. I saw yeah, that, that already. Particularly and I underwhelming. was really, I was just basically, it was, it's intentionally a really uncomfortable film, but I think it was unintentionally a little bit worse than that yeah, so right. anyway I, I look forward to talking to other people about it it seems to, it's like an indie hit and I'm using my scare quotes right now yeah I watched um, that happen anyway I hated it so um, so you know the, it's a very like it's a festival bait film it's a myth yeah, yeah, bait yeah, film yeah, yeah, like yeah, you know some, yeah, yeah, yeah. some films are just going to make it here and that's one of them yeah. so uh, Neon Demon last year I would was that at a festival yeah it was I didn't see it I saw it at Nova and I, I yeah as hated the shit out of it no we, we, we reviewed it I was a big fan you guys were <laughs> really unimpressed yeah. I, I tweeted uh, yesterday I, I came across re- came across this wonderful quote by Lars von Trier where he says Nicholas Winding Refn is an opportunist in the most unpleasant way. And I just, think that totally sums him up. It's very restrained for Lars von Trier. It is, yeah, that it? is. But it's, it's still the best cinematography I saw in 2016 oh, was in that no, film. No, no, yeah, but that's not enough. It's Eddie. not enough. No, it's, it's true. But he was using colours, angles. dull... Oh, it's dull such and a striking kind of film. film. Okay, but we all remember it. Just yeah. gonna, just gonna. No, I don't. You <laughs> do. Just gonna lift the spirit <laughs> slightly. I'm back at the Sally Potter retrospective page. 
I'm so, we've already mentioned this, but I'm so keen for The Gold Diggers, which is her film from, um, I don't know. I was hoping that it was going to be right here they're in the program. They're not showing the but years. They're not showing the they? years no, in this new unusual move. newfangled program. Anyway, <laughs> The Gold Diggers, um, I'm really keen about it. And there's only one session, so make sure you see it. Yeah. Um, and strike out all else that is competing with it. Um, um, anyway. Cool. Have, now, uh, this film is an interesting thing for me. The Lost City of Z. Okay. Z. This is. Yeah. Um, I got uh, a preview. James Gray's film. I to feel that. like it's sort uh, of a preview screening invite to that, so I it must get in, be getting a release. Yeah, right. I, I feel like it's sort of dropped under the radar. Well, it's already played and finished overseas. Yeah, yeah. It's played. It finished in the UK and the US and got middling reviews. Yeah. yeah. Some Did people it screen really at Sydney Film Festival. I think it did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's this another follow up to The Immigrant from last year, which. Last year or the year before? 2015, um, I think. Uh, which a lot of, which is sort of, I think, notable for its quite amazing uh, final, final shot. image. Everyone goes on and on about it's the final shot. Nice I haven't seen it. It's a very nice image. Don't tell me what it, it is. It's not like, yeah, it's, just, it's very nice. It's a really well-made film. Um, yeah, it's, it's interesting what's happened to that film. Well, yeah, it is because it was a lot of hype about it because, you know, Charlie Hunnam is pretty hot, you know, off, coming off the back of The Walking Dead and all that sort of stuff. And he seems to be given a lot of really great vehicles, but so far none of them have really hit the market. But it's interesting because this is the Lost City of Z has got very divisive reviews. Like some people have been really about like, you know, it's quite long and tortured. There's some pretty appalling acting. Other people are like, oh my god, it's astonishing. They went to the Amazon. They took actual films. They yeah. shot all this stuff. Yeah, Hunnam isn't that great, but other people in the film are great. Yeah. You know. Anyway. Now, um, it seems like to me a waste of a ticket because it's going to get commercial release. It's it, one of those well, sort of yeah, things. Fair, 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 fair play. Um, the so. Every year, we ha- actors have their sort of festival years. So this year, everyone seems to agree we're in the Nicole Kidman on yes. Nassance. Kidmania. Um, <laughs> she had like five projects at Cannes or whatever. She's in this program with... I, I believe she um, rarely left the red carpet. Yeah, she was she, constantly walking down. Or something. Constantly up and down the red carpet. I, I, I saw, yeah, uh, many poses from Nicole. Also, um, having a moment, Army Hammer. Yes, Nicole. Army Hammer. Um, so he's in Call Me By Your Name. He's also in this film with Jeffrey Rush, Myth Patron, directed by Stanley Tucci. Can we remember the name of the film? Final Portrait. Final it's called Portrait? Final Portrait. Yeah, Final Portrait. It's okay. got to, yeah. it seems to have positive reviews from overseas. That looks like it, surely that will get a release though. After it looks show. really good. It looks quite. Yeah, it looks quite. It looks like classic Palace Cinema Fair. And, like, I'm sure and yeah. Rush himself was there Stanley tonight, Tucci's, I believe. Like he will get a release, I'm sure. But yeah. yeah. I didn't even know he was doing another film, so that's exciting. Yeah. Gary Newman's Cars, one of the iconic songs of the early 80s. Just throwing that in there. Um, but Jeffrey Rush was there this evening, I believe, at the, at the launch yes. of the MIFF program. Yes. It's always exciting to have an Oscar winner. He's always us. welcome. Yes. Anders, do you want to tell us your story? Uh, I'll save my Jeffrey Rush story for another time. Okay. But, um, I'll yeah. save mine too. Oh, <laughs> overall, interesting program. Yeah, we haven't even touched on, I mean, there's a sci-fi retrospective. Yeah, I'm just looking okay, at a sorry. sci-fi retrospective now. A lot of these films are playing on 35mm, Strange Days, um, The Face of Another. Fantastic Planet uh, with a live score. Ten, yeah. yeah, Fantastic Planet with a live That's score. I already screens. have my ticket for that. I'm really excited for, for that one. Alita, Queen of Mars, which I have seen. It's wacky. You should all come and see it. 125 oh. minutes from the USSR. Who doesn't want that? It's like a weird sci-fi kind of um, really incredible set design. 
um, and costume design. I highly recommend it. Um, Great. Huh? Yeah, super into that. These are the damned. I don't know what that is, but um, well, I'm excited for it. Ikari XB1. This check. Joseph Losey. How could I? Oh, God. I love like, Joseph Losey. Yeah, anyway. Everyone, what, hang on, we should go see on. this Joseph Losey film. What? What's Joseph Losey film is that? These are the damned. Oh, these are the damned. Sorry, right. On 35mm. Okay, well, I'm interested in the 1963 Venice um, Palm Door. Oh, sorry. Venice Silver Lion winner. Um, Ikari XB1, this uh, Czech sci-fi film that we saw the trailer for this mm. evening that seemed to have extremely oh, yeah. striking visual imagery. Then I was like, again, with the Czechs getting ahead of everybody else. What's with that? And why was it... Why Stanislav did I, Lem. Why do we not know about this already? He's the author. That's oh, excellent. I love yeah. Czech filmmaking. Well, I'm particularly excited about Czech sci-fi filmmaking, which looks like it was done on a fairly low budget, which is always promising when it comes to creativity, if it's, especially if it's going to get an award at Cannes for its... Recon, uh, Reconstruction? Re- I saw a Czechoslovakian shoot. film at Cinemateca Retrovado. I got no idea what happened. It was bonkers. <laughs> it was crazy. I think I saw five other films that day, but it probably wouldn't have mattered. I still have no idea. But it was great. I loved it. Excellent. Cool. Well, I have mentioned Valerie and Her Week of Wonders, another Czech yeah. classic earlier here on the podcast. Um, what I want to do, you guys still just before seen we that, wrap you? up, is mention this program layout which I'm loving the screening schedule at the end of the program. Usually, or for the last number of years, it's like been a kind of centrefold um, where each page will have a specific day. Now it's been kind of squashed and you've got on a double page, you know, six days or yeah, five it's a days much easier way so to find it. So much easier to kind of navigate. navigate your way through. And even though a lot of people, you know, use um, online f- interfaces or their mobile phone now to mo- use the mobile phone app, which is great. I mean, I still feel like having the printout guide is really helpful to, to navigate your way around and to figure out what's overlapping. Like the problem with the previous version is that. I could never figure out what was overlapping, what I was going to miss out on if I picked one screen, one session over another. Anyway, this sounds like I'm, um, you know, I work for the festival now, which I don't, but I'm really excited about this new layout. It's great. Great. That's okay. all I have to say. Okay, before we sign off, can Anders, can I get your number one recommendation that you think listeners should check out? Uh, look, if I'm, uh, I, know I would say call me by your name, but I won't. Um, you could. Though. You know what? I'm going to say Abbas Kiristani's 24 Frames. Really? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Dying to see that. Yep. Same. Um, yeah. I'm going to say Wonderstruck. Cool. Okay. Um, I'm going to say Bobby Jean, which is a film we haven't even mentioned yet, which is a documentary about a dancer. Um, it's a Tribeca Best Documentary winner. Um, it's really, really. Uh, it goes beyond any other documentary apparently when it comes to access. So it's just basically this person's allowed like extreme level of access into their lives as they um, uh, go to Tel Aviv to become a star of the world become, to become a star ballet, uh, sorry dancer so it's basically this really really long it's like it goes over, over a decade it follows this this woman's life um, it just it looks um, remarkable and I'm very keen to check it out can I also just sneak in with one more top recommendation of course sorry I Dream in Another Language from Mexican director Ernesto Contreras um, I'm really excited about this, mostly because the title is excellent and I've always wondered whether people who live in a language that 
um, speaks their second language, whether they dream in their original language right. or, or not. And anyway, I'm super excited about that one. Well, so. friend, friend of the podcast and sometime co-host Hayley um, has mentioned that she is responsible for this appearing in the Myth program because she recommended while in Sundance to the Myth programmer that who with whom she shared a bus Amazing. that they had to go and see this particular yeah, film and okay. she said this is her number one pick of the festival so okay. you've got solid backing thanks there. Hayley I'm really excited about okay, this okay my pod wife yes but and really if you're I mean if you're as overwhelmed by this program as I am at the moment um, I will just recommend going picking whatever takes a fancy please the great thing about a festival is you see things that are never screened in any other context whatsoever. So yeah, don't go see the films that will get releases. Yep. Don't go see the American indie films only. There's so much stuff in there that so I have no idea about and I'm very more. excited to go and experience. Yeah. I know, I feel like we've hardly even scratched the surface in this yep. podcast episode. So. Yeah. Yeah. But we have just listened to Aerosmith's Dream On and we are now listening to Michael Jackson's Billie Jean as if yeah. they were... Thank you, DJ pro- Hazel. Yeah, just making sure that we <laughs> appreciate and shout out and love these songs and we don't get sued. That'd yeah. be great. That love would be music. Great. Hashtag yeah. love music. And don't just go and see the kids' um, flick gala premiere of Aladdin. Don't. You, you've already seen it. You Is that it a again. thing? Yes, it's the thing. Hayley wrote the um, synopsis for it. Al- I love Aladdin. We, I we all love it. Aladdin, but I we don't need to go to Myth to see home. it. I would use my slot elsewhere. Take a chance. Kids' gala is not Aladdin, is it? Is that what you're telling me? That's oh, what I'm telling you. It's not the kids' gala, but it is in the kids'. Uh, kids okay. can go and see it. Kids I'm not going to begrudge well, kids. I'm not going to begrudge kids, but they Aladdin. could stay home. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. I'm to get my kid All opinions right. elsewhere. Thanks, everyone. Thank you very much for listening. See you at the fest. See you around town. Yes, come and say hi, and please do follow us on the Cold Cap Pod. See you or next email week. Email us at the Cold Cap Podcast at gmail.com. Hashtag Myth2017.